Welcome to the Farmsteading Mama, where we explore all things related to homestead living and self-sufficiency. I'm your host, CJ, and I'm thrilled to join you along this journey as we explore all the opportunities that come with a home-based sustainable lifestyle. When it comes to starting the journey of self-sufficiency, most people think about buying chickens or planting herbs, and I'm not going to discourage anyone, but I am going to suggest that you dial it back just one more step. Look at your weekly dining habits. Do you eat fast food one night a week? Do you buy prepackaged meals or cook from the freezer? Goodness knows I have too, and it's no crime. One of the biggest mistakes I made in starting my self-sufficiency journey was thinking that if I could just grow it, I'd find a use for it. And I had squash out of my ears the first year, but I didn't know a single recipe to use it in. That's why I suggest starting by making one small step in your kitchen to help you become accustomed to using real and fresh food from dried supplies and bulk bins. Today, I'm going to give you five tips to start that process. First, meal planning. Meal planning is one of the best ways to transition from frozen dinners and fast food to whole food cooking by creating a weekly meal plan. This will help you stay organized and ensure that you have all the ingredients you need on hand for healthy meals. Making a list of meals you and your family enjoy and use as a starting point is great for your meal plan. You also don't have to make a new meal plan every single week. It's okay if you have some favorites and they revisit continually. It just depends on what your preferences are and what your family likes to eat. My family occasionally wants some variety, so I need to mix in something new, but often they're happy to see the tried and true favorites. Two, preparing in advance. Another way of making transition to whole food cooking is by preparing ingredients in advance. This can include things like chopping vegetables, marinating meats, or making sauces and dressings. This way, when it's time to cook, you have everything ready to go and you can easily put a meal together. I tend to do preparation in advance through freezer meals, I learned that if I'll freeze them in the size and shape of my crock pot, or I'll freeze smaller bags for sauces that can be dumped right in, that it saves me a good amount of time when I'm actually cooking. Three is batch cooking. Batch cooking is a great way to save time and make the transition to whole food cooking. It includes large batches of soup, stews, chili. They can be frozen and reheated later. You can also make large batches of grains and beans. They can be used as a base for a variety of meals. To be honest with you, I've even found some dough recipes so that I don't have to make new bread or new biscuits every single time. I can just put them in the freezer and get them out when I need them. Waffles freeze great too, and my kids love those for breakfast. Slow cooking. Slow cooking is a great way for four to make whole food cooking more manageable. It allows you to toss in ingredients in the morning and come home to a hot, delicious, healthy meal. Not only can you use this for soups and stews like below, but roasted meats and vegetables are a family favorite around here. And I can't tell you the number of questionably tough meats that I've put through the crock pot to find are delicious after only a few hours simmering. Five would be utilizing frozen fruits and vegetables. These are a great option for us busy moms who want to transition from whole foods and cooking. They're often just as nutritious as fresh produce and can be used in smoothies or soups or stir fries. They're also a great way to incorporate more whole foods into your diet without having to worry about the produce going bad before you can use it. I'm sure we've all sat on a batch of almost rotten bananas that we stuff in the freezer for weeks before we finally get around to making that batch of banana bread that we promised to make. Go ahead and just mix up the batter and freeze half of it. Do a loaf today and have some for a loaf six months from now. The kids won't mind. Now that you've got some strategies for making those whole foods become cooked foods in your kitchen, you know that you can find recipes for free online. But I know you're a busy mama, and so I'm going to give you three books that I found really helpful when I was transitioning to using real food in my kitchen and learning how to both prep and preserve that food. 
I'll link these on the Farmsteading Mama Amazon storefront for you. The first one is the Homesteading Pantry, 101 Foods You Can Stop Buying and Start Making by Elena Shernila. It's a cookbook that's perfect for farmsteaders looking for kid-friendly recipes. They're easy to use and it features recipes for homemade pantry staples like condiments, sauces, and snacks, as well as recipes for full meals that are perfect for a busy family. The second is the Victory Garden Cookbook by Marianne Morash. This cookbook is a classic guide for farmsteaders looking for delicious recipes that are easy to, to make using the produce from their own gardens. It features recipes for a wide range of dishes, including appetizers, soups, salads, main course, and desserts. It also includes tips on how to cook and store fresh produce, as well as how to use a variety of herbs and make your own condiments. It's a great resource for families who are looking to make the most of their harvest and enjoy delicious meals with fresh homemade ingredients. I found that this cookbook was actually the most useful for me as I was transitioning over to the types of things I was able to grow in my own garden. It gave me a certain sense of familiarity that I already had it in my kitchen, and I'd been using it with things from the grocery store when the time came to transition to things from my garden. Original Fanny Farmer Cookbook of 1896 is a true classic in the world of cooking and homesteading. It's been used by generations of home cooks to create delicious and satisfying meals. It's considered a Bible of American cooking and is even still relevant today. It features a wide range of recipes for traditional dishes with a special focus on New England and American cuisine. It also includes chapters on cooking techniques, ingredient substitutes, and tips for meal planning. Fanny Farmer's Cookbook is famous for its precision and accuracy in measurements and instructions, which makes it a reliable resource for both novice and experienced cooks. The cookbook is also known for detailed explanations of cooking methods, which makes it an excellent guide for those who want to learn the basics of cooking. This kitchen transition is also an important stage of the farmsteading journey to get your kids involved. For young children under five, they can help with simple tasks like measuring ingredients and stirring. For older children, they can start to learn about cooking techniques and even try their hand at simple recipes. Not only will this be a fun bonding experience, but it'll also teach them valuable life skills. When it comes to getting kids involved in homesteading and farmsteading, buy-in is key. It's important to remember that kids are more likely to be excited about something that they can feel like they have a say in. One way to achieve buy-in is by involving kids in the planning process. This can mean asking them what kind of vegetables they'd like to include in this meal, which can transform into a conversation about what types of vegetables they'd like to grow in the garden or what kind of animals they'd like to raise on the farm. When kids feel like they have a stake in the homesteading process, they're more likely to be excited about it and more likely to take an active role in it. Not only that, but involving kids in homesteading activities can also have a positive impact on their psychological and physical development. It helps them to understand where their food comes from, learn about the environment and sustainability, and encourages them to be more active and physically engaged. Homesteading activities also help to foster the strong work ethic and sense of responsibility in children. Homesteading activities can help establish a disposition for healthy living by encouraging kids to eat healthy and nutritious food, learn about organic farming and gardening, and understand the importance of sustainability itself. In short, getting kids involved in farmsteading activities can be a great way to teach valuable life skills while also fostering a love of nature and healthy living. And when kids feel like they have a say in the process, they're more likely to get excited about it and take an active role in it, making the whole farmsteading experience more enjoyable and fulfilling for the entire family. So don't be afraid to involve the little ones and give them an opportunity to learn, grow, and contribute to the family farm. They'll thank you for it in the long run. 
I remember when my own Vesper was only nine years old and had a real aversion to all vegetables except for carrots and broccoli. One day when I was working in the raised bed garden, Vesper was sulking by the blueberry bushes near the gate. I asked him why he didn't want to come help me plant marigolds around the tomatoes. And in his own kid's words, he said, I don't like tomatoes. They taste like feet. I tried not to laugh and instead I asked him, as he popped a blueberry into his mouth, what he did like eating, and he mentioned carrots. Well, let me tell you, growing those darn carrots was no easy feat. We tried everything, from different soils to different seeds, and nothing seemed to work. Finally, we stumbled across a lay-down-an-old-board method, and after weeks of hard work and determination, we finally managed to harvest a bountiful crop of six plump and juicy carrots. You know who was the first to grab some out of the cast-iron skillet and onto his plate that night at dinner? none other than Vesper himself. And the next day, he was out in the garden, not just at the blueberries, but with that board looking for another opportunity to grow some more carrots. It just goes to show that you've got to put in the hard work and have a little patience, but good things will come. So folks, that's it for today's episode of the Farmsteading Mama. We talked about the importance of starting small and taking it one step at a time when transitioning to a more self-sufficient lifestyle. As we've seen with my own little Vesper, sometimes the journey's not an easy one, but with a little bit of patience and a lot of hard work, the rewards can be well worth it. We didn't just grow carrots that day, we grew kids. It all starts in the kitchen, so take a look at your weekly dining habits, make one small change, and see where it leads you. And who knows, maybe one day you'll have your own little Vesper proudly plucking fresh carrots from the garden to top off his plate. Until next time, happy farmsteading! <laughs>